Hey, as you know, if you've been watching this channel for a while, I talk a lot to my peers, my generation, how we can improve our journeys to financial independence. But in real life, um, kind of off YouTube, a lot of people that I work with are of older generations, kind of my mom's age. And I work a lot with kind of the moms of uh, my peers. And um, whether I there I know right the person or not, the mom finds me and you know we talk. And I um, also have the case where a lot of my clients say, I wish um, my mom would talk to you and uh, things. So then I end up talking with their moms. It kind of happens both ways. I just find people that are 50s, 60s, 70s. Those are a lot of my clients. But also when I do work with someone younger, they're like, oh, I, I wish my mom would talk to you kind of idea. So today I'm actually creating a video in response to what one of my 30 something clients said um, to, uh, he wanted me to create a video for his mom. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it, especially because I already have an example that I could use from another mom that I worked with. So for all of my peers that are watching, I hope you like this example of um, a mom case study. And for all the moms that are now watching, maybe because you've stumbled across our channel or because one of your children shared this with you, welcome. So glad that you're here. This is, um, I'm Amanda Neely, the host of the Fife Movement. Um, this is the only channel that helps you create your unique path to financial independence from a feminine and entrepreneurial approach. So today I'm gonna share my screen and we're going to look at a case study. So make sure I get the right screen here and we'll enter slideshow mode. Okay, so mom, welcome. <laughs> this is a case study for you. Um, so this is, I want you to meet the mom that I was working with. So you might identify with some of these characteristics, might be a little different from you, but this is the case study. You can take what is helpful for you from it. So this mom, 66 years old, single again. Um, sometimes it's uh, widowhood. Other times it might be um, divorce. Doesn't really matter. Single on her own. This mom um, is. Um, was just complaining about the yield in her savings account, how small it is, and can't seem to find anything better. Looked at CDs, they're really low too. Thought about bonds, but those can be <laughs> even worse because of some of the fees um, associated with finding you the right bonds and helping you get you know the right things and things. So just complaining in general, not finding the right place for kind of safe money, money that's protected, not subject to loss, but also feeling this pressure to speculate because everybody else seems to be speculating. There's no accumulation without speculation, right? You got to, um, no risk, no reward. You got, you know, all those kind of things. That's what everybody's talking about. But at her age, she's wondering, should she really, um, how to, how can she have her money grow but without risk, right? Or without a lot of risk, because she can't at this age afford to lose much money um, because there's a lot of worries at this kind of stage of life 
There could be a major medical expense if something happens. There's also, you know, wanting to make sure that, you know, covering all the necessities, but leaving enough to cover final expenses. So that, you know, not a burden to family, that kind of thing. But then there's also plenty of emergencies or unplanned for expenses. You know, the car still breaks down when you're 66 years old, you still got to do home repairs. Even if you paid off your mortgage, they could raise your property taxes next year. You know, like you just never know, um, especially if you're on something like a fixed income, what could change that would throw everything off kilter. So in sum, this mom has been feeling smart, right? Has done some smart things and has kept some safe money for emergencies, but can't shake this feeling of, is that um, money that ha she has set aside enough? Um, should she be getting better growth on it, but also needs to keep it safe from risk because she might need it for any number of things. So let's look, what should mom do? We got two options we're going to explore today. The first option is keep her safe money in a savings account. Um, again, we're, you know, thinking about just what banks are offering right now um, uh, and kind of comparables in terms of safe money, uh, what she might look into. And some of the advantages of this comfortable, right? Um, she knows maybe it's a local bank. She can drive there. She can talk to a person in, you know, face to face, withdraw money, put money in. Um, she gets a statement in the mail every month that says you got a penny of interest or whatever it is. Um, and it's kind of predictable, right? That feels good to a lot of people having that bank um, probably in your neighborhood. You've got access to it, right? Um, it, we know how banks work, at least in terms of customer service and that kind of thing. And then you know what the predictable rate of growth is, even if it's small. And then the money is also accessible. Mom just needs to hop in her car, drive down to the bank and say, I need my money. They'll uh, hopefully give it to her. There's been some horror stories there, um, but could also even be a, a, a simple transfer, right? From savings to checking and then write a check or swipe a debit card or you know whatever is needed. It feels really close and easy to get to. Now, option two, a lot of what my clients are looking into both, um, the mom's age and my peers age um, are, you know, maybe the safe money could go into a policy. If you're not familiar, what I mean by policy is a high cash value dividend paying whole life insurance policy using the tried and true bank on yourself concept in terms of how it's designed and structured. Um, also, some people refer to it as infinite banking, but it's a whole life policy, um, but it's not like uh, the whole life maybe your grandma used or maybe, um, yeah, so, uh, but it is also like that, just um, little modernizations to it. The um, biggest thing here that's a downside is that it takes a little bit of work. It's getting familiar with a new type of financial product. Um, making sure that product, um, you're working with somebody that's a professional that knows how to design it to get you the best results for you and is, you know, um, designed uh, to your unique situation. So you got to go through some conversations to make sure that happens. And then, of course, if you choose it, you've got to do an application, a medical exam. It can take some time um, to become comfortable 
with the, the policy and get it set up and going. So a little bit of work on mom's part here, um, but it's still accessible, just a little bit different. You're not to access the money. You're not going to drive down to your local bank and, you know, talk to a teller like you would with a savings account. There's actually a PDF form that you fill out um, or an online account, uh, depending on which uh, company you're with and their uh, practices to, you know, request your money uh, be sent to your bank, and then you can get it from your bank, just like you normally would. Um, so that's uh, how the accessibility works. Just, you know, a little bit, can't get it today, but you could get it within a week or so. Um, but the big upside is that not only do you have your safe money in terms of the cash value of the policy, there's also a death benefit that's often a multiple of your cash value, and there's accelerated death benefit. So in the case of something like a medical emergency, a chronic or terminal illness, you can access your death benefit to help cover those things and still have money there to cover your final expenses. So when we, um, this is actually my next thing, but what do the numbers look like? This is um, a really important thing. You wouldn't just want to do option two for the death benefit and the accelerated death benefits. You wanna make sure that you have it for, you know, the cash you need for a home repair or a car repair or um, any kind of other thing that might be out there too. So let's look at the numbers. So here's option one. We have, so I, the case study I'm using, this woman, this mom has $75,000 just sitting in a savings account. And I don't even think it was getting 1% interest. It was getting like 0.1% interest. But for the, for illustration purposes, we give the benefit of the doubt that maybe that could be 1% um, uh, going forward or something. So what you'll notice is that the balance grows pretty predictably as you go here. And um, there's these other columns that are called taxable columns. So what you are might be familiar with if you have a savings account is that each year you get a 1099 from your bank and you have to take the interest that you made on that savings account and file it on your taxes and it increases the amount of taxes that you need to pay. So I wanted to um, factor that in here, but it gets a little complicated to have the balance, right? If you're, you take money out of savings to then pay those taxes. So what I assumed is that you don't touch the balance because you do want that money to be there for you, right? And you just pay those taxes from a different account, maybe from you know your regular income or something. Um, you know, they're not too huge per year, so that might be doable for you. Um, so after 20 years, which I chose 86 because the average life expectancy of this mom uh, is 86 when, you know, you put in 66 year old life expectancy, that's what comes up. And it just so happens to be 20 years too, which is um, fun uh, in terms of we can look exactly 20 years into the future. So you'll notice the 75,000 here grows to 91,000 and the total taxes paid separate from this account from regular income or something are 3,600 for those 20 years. Looks pretty good. Now let's look at option two. Here we have the same 75,000, but instead of leaving a savings account, we're moving it into a high cash value dividend paying life insurance policy um, properly designed. 
And with this one, you'll notice the cash value goes down a little bit at the beginning. So there's a little bit loss of liquidity there. Um, but within two years, by year three, it's back up to 76,000 here. Whoops. Um, so you, uh, mom has every penny back that she put in, plus some growth there at year three. And you'll notice the death benefit is exactly double um, or a little more than double by year two and continues to grow uh, going forward. Um, and so you see the cash value growing here, you see the death benefit growing here, and that's kind of what it would look like if something happens where mom gets a chronic or terminal illness and uh, she wants to access the death benefit to help cover a nursing home, at-home healthcare, take a trip around the world, throw a big party, whatever mom wants to do, she can access a portion of her death benefit to help cover those costs. And that portion is bigger than the cash value. So it has that extra component of um, protection there. And because you're just accessing a portion of the death benefit, you're still leaving the other portion of the death benefit to cover those final expenses and anything that's needed um, for your family. So that's kind of an idea of what happens there. Um, so let me ask you, what should mom do? Option one, keep her safe money in a savings account. Here's what we kind of see over the 20 years in terms of the savings account balance and then the taxes that are paid, you know, by someone else or by a different account or whatever. And then option two, put that safe money into a policy. What happens after 20 years? One thing to note here is that the death benefit goes to the beneficiary tax-free um, the, with the policy with the savings account, the tax implications there just depend on how much you're leaving, how you leave it, all those kind of things. So you'll want to talk to a tax professional. And if you have that question, um, so yeah, that's the case study of what options this mom had for her. Um, what, what do you think she did? And if you were this mom, what would you do? I invite you to kind of explore that with yourself. Think about the pros and cons of each option. And if you think option two might be something you want to look into more, I'd love to talk with you, run these numbers for yourself. My mom definitely did not have $75,000 to start a policy like this. People start with much less or with much more, uh, just depending on where you're at. But the kind of the ratios, uh, work out pretty much the same, right? So if you start uh, started with half, you'd see about half right at the end there. Um, if you started with double, you'd see about double kind of works that way. Um, yeah. So that's my mom case study. Hope this has been helpful. If you uh, like this video, uh, please hit the like button on YouTube um, please share it with your mom if you haven't already. Um, and moms, if you're watching this and you think there's no way I could qualify or, you know, things like that, please, um, don't count yourself out. Um, it's been really fun to see people be pleasantly surprised by getting approved for life insurance when they didn't think they could. Um, so I hope that's helpful. Uh, again, please hit that like button, invite your comments in, uh, the, below this video. And thank you so much for being part of the Fife movement. As you go about your day today, remember wealth is coming your way. Your quest is to prepare for it well. Um, 
and for using it well, whether you're 36 or 66 <laughs> and in the case of mom's example, um, or maybe even 76. You, um, if we got some older moms out there, thanks for being here and don't count yourself out either. I will talk to you again in the next video where I'm going to do something else that's interesting with a case study going back to um, maybe someone that's a little bit older than me, but is thinking about what do they do with a lump sum sitting in a savings account or CD as well. And does this um, same kind of strategy that I shared for mom work for someone that's slightly younger? So I'll talk to you uh, in the next episode about that one.